You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It is time once again for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics. Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Still time, gang. Give them a call, 205-752-0211. Go ahead and get those Valentine's Day orders taken care of. Pre-order those hand-dipped. Talked to the chocolate lady this morning, and she had picked up some very ultra-fresh flats of strawberries that she was taking to Peterbrook Chocolatier. They're going to put those in a nice milk white or dark dark and or dark chocolate bath for you get those ready for the coming days there at peterbrook chocolatier 1530 mcfarlane boulevard north joined on the program by executive producer jacob harrison who together we combine to form the 60 of sports talk radio big day today jacob a very big day and I'm not just talking about Alabama men's basketball at South Carolina tonight. You know what today is? Today is National Pizza Day. What about it, Jacob? What goes on the pie? If you're going to have one pie for the rest of your life, Jacob Harrison, what are you putting on that pizza pie? I am a pineapple and pepperoni pizza guy. What? Fruit doesn't go on pizza. Jacob, I don't know if you didn't you didn't get that memo. Uh, tomatoes a fruit, and uh, well, tomato sauce tomato is the main sauce. ingredient. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's it's not a fruit. It's a fruit up north, but in the south, a uh, vine ripe tomato is a vegetable. It's absolutely a vegetable. No, but I mean, as far as toppings, smart guy, what are you putting on your pie? A uh, meat lover is good too. I mean, uh, carnivore, carnivore, yeah, yeah. yeah. big carnivore guy. Uh, my okay. wife likes the the supreme pizzas. She likes all the black olives and peppers and whatnot. I can't say black olives. Jeez, man, we've got some folks in our family that are black olives people too. You know, and then you get to the pizza place, and of course, our place of preference is Heat Pizza Bar there in downtown Tuscaloosa, which their specialty pizzas. You can get the uh, you can get the Hawaiian pie with the pineapple. By the way, like Jacob likes it. Apparently, a lot of people like the pineapple on the pie. I give Jacob a hard time about that, but a lot of people like the pineapple on the pie because at Heat, I know one of the best sellers there involves the uh, the pineapple. But, you know, you get with these different people, right, and they like black olives or they like anchovies or things like that on the pie, and you end up trying to, you know, the poor wait staff person, yeah, I like a quarter of the pie, black olives, uh, sausage, uh, throw some red onion on there, a quarter that, you know what I'm saying? You end up trying to divvy the pie up. It's hard to compromise when you got a crowd. It's best just everybody get their own, right? I guess that's where the personal pizzas came from back in the day. That's why they were so wildly successful. Hey, 205-342-9904 if you want to talk pizza or you just want to talk sports. We can do that with you on a Tuesday morning. Uh, again, big basketball game over in Columbia, South Carolina this evening. An early tip, not 11 a.m. early, but 5.30. I like those tips. 
during the week. I got to thank Nate Oates, basketball coaches in general. If you're going to play on the road, especially, or really any time during the week, play that 5.30 Central game. That way you get in there not too late, especially when you're on the road. You can get on the charter, get back home before midnight tonight, get your gang back to Tuscaloosa. But Alabama looking to get back on the winning side of things, 15-5, and 10-1 and in the league following that first SEC loss of the season to Missouri over the weekend, South Carolina, uh, the Sybil, if you remember the movie The Exorcist, kind of all over the place. Uh, South Carolina, 5-7 and seven overall, 3-5 and five in the league. SEC Network for the television on the cable this evening. Of course, you'll have uh, Chris Stewart, Brian Pasink. Uh, Brian Pasink. You'll also have Roger Hoover on the radio side of things, on the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Alabama opened in Vegas as a 10-point favorite. That number at last check down to 6 over in Cola this evening. Alabama now a six-point favorite in the game. You know, South Carolina, you talk about, and look, there's reasons for what we've seen from South Carolina, I got to think, because South Carolina played just one game in the month of December. That was a 10-point loss to Houston on December the 5th. Everything else after that in December for Frank Martin's team, and he, of course, has suffered multiple times from bouts with the COVID-19 on the personal level. Everything else after South Carolina's game at Houston, and of course Alabama lost the Houston game here in Tuscaloosa because Houston had the COVID issues. Uh, One game in the month of December for South Carolina. Uh, Also had their first three SEC games postponed. The Gamecocks one and two in league play in Columbia this season. That includes a loss last Saturday to Mississippi State, 75-59. to You wonder about Alabama on the glass. Alabama statistically among teams in the SEC, right there in the top three in rebounding. South Carolina was out-rebounded by 16 by Mississippi State over the weekend and made just five of 25 shots from beyond the three-point arc. South Carolina under Frank Martin, not typically known as a prolific three-point shooting team, want to bust you up, want to bully you, you know. Kind of like what Oklahoma and Missouri did to this Alabama team. And again, that shows up more on the defensive side of the floor. South Carolina, kind of the biggest positive from that loss to Mississippi State over the weekend. They did force 21 state turnovers in that loss. And look, they have a really good player in A.J. Lawson, the Gamecocks do. Comes in averaging over 17 per game. Uh, Got a, a score... Off the bench and Keyshawn Bryant, 14.4 per game, 5.2 rebounds. So the Alabama team has dropped two of three for the first time since pre-conference play. you got to go back to that stretch of Clemson, Furman, Western Kentucky in mid-December. Obviously, Herb Jones and his health. We talk about that line in Vegas. you got to think there's some association to that, uh, talking about Herb Jones' health. And that line opening at 10 and perhaps dropping all the way down to 6. Uh, there's been talk of maybe Herb getting a night off tonight. Um, more than anything, just got to get off to a better start. Get going offensively. It's been a little bit of a problem uh, of late. You just don't want to consistently be in that position of having to play uphill especially on the road. And then you look towards the rest of the week. Obviously, Georgia comes in here on Saturday. Tomorrow night in Oxford, an opportunity for the Rebels of Ole Miss to do Alabama solid. Missouri goes to Ole Miss tomorrow night. Uh, And Ole Miss has won four of their last six in the league, two in a row. So take care of business tonight. Maybe Ole Miss does you a solid tomorrow evening over at the Pavilion. 205 342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. We are going to go deep on some college football talk, as we typically do with Brent Beard coming up in just a little bit. Always like checking in with Brent on Tuesdays. We'll talk some hoops with him, get his thoughts on this Alabama basketball team. Also, some way-too-early stuff where the SEC is concerned, primarily at the skill positions on offense, because we know Alabama – is among those looking to replace a lot when you talk about quarterback, running back, um, wide receiver, even tight end. You know, 
you got some question marks there. Joel Billingsley, obviously, going to continue to be a featured presence in this Alabama offense moving forward at that spot, but you always need another guy or two among those tight ends. We'll get into some of that with Brent Beard coming up in just a little bit. As a matter of fact, we'll do it right after this break. Back with more of a Monday edition, excuse me, a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider for Alabama athletics. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Tonight, the 11th-ranked Alabama men's basketball team hits the road to South Carolina to face the Gamecocks in Columbia. Tip-off is set for 5.30 p.m. Central, with coverage on the network live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Huntsville starting at 4.30 p.m. Head coach Nate Oates gives his thoughts heading into this matchup. Road games in the SEC, uh, last one didn't go the way we wanted it to. I thought our guys showed a lot of character, though, by fighting back in the game like they did. Had a couple practices since then. We went... Yesterday and today, I thought, you know, we've got to get our offense back flowing. So we, we worked a lot on that. Thought the ball moved a little bit better. Uh, in practice, hopefully it carries over to the game. You know, defensively, we've been pretty good, but our starts haven't been uh, great. I'll have more in a moment. There is no substitute for hard work. Just ask the Crimson Tide. At Dex Imaging, they know the meaning of hard work, too. You don't become the best in the office equipment business without it. If you need a copier and printer company that understands hard work, quality, dependability, and customer service, then give Dex Imaging a call or go to DexImaging.com. Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider of Alabama Athletics. Congratulations to Lindsey Devine's volleyball team as the Crimson Tide won a pair of weekend matches against the Ole Miss Rebels in Oxford. Alabama capped the weekend with a five-set comeback victory on Saturday. Alabama's 10 aces in the match were the most in SEC plays since 2008. Next up is a pair of matches on Friday and Saturday at Arkansas. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Dex Imaging. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sport. A very mild afternoon, a mixture of clouds and sunshine. The high today at 71. For tonight, becoming mostly cloudy, the low at 47. Tomorrow, a mostly cloudy day, potential for a few scattered rain showers. We stay mild, the high at 70. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you, of course, each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. And at this time on Tuesdays, we check in with our good pal Brent Beard, College Sports Today and First Coast News, also a Heisman Trophy voter for quite some time now, Brent Beard. And Brent, as we bring you on, we got some uh, we got some big hoops coming up over the course of this week. And for the Alabama Crimson Tide, it starts with a trip to its second straight Columbia in as many games, this time in South Carolina, <laughs> to take on a South Carolina Gamecocks team that we haven't really been able to figure out here of late. Right. Go on the road, beat Florida, lose on the road at Vanderbilt, get thumped at home over the weekend by Mississippi State. So you tell us, Brent, what can Alabama expect tonight from Frank Martin's team? Well, it, it, and by the way, Frank Martin, if if you've noticed, uh, and and I feel for him because he's had COVID twice, uh, yeah. but but seeing Frank Martin with a shaved head uh, took me back a little bit. I think some of it's grown out a little bit now. But I, Trev, he's really frustrated with this team. They were uh, early on uh, in the uh, in the pre in the non conference schedule. They missed a good bit of time. Uh, but look, I, I still look at, and Florida beat riders down here would tell you uh, that that's a team that cannot be taken lightly. I mean, they won that game, Trav, in, in, uh, uh, in the Old Dome. And frankly, it was, I know it was a six point spread, but, but Trav, that game wasn't close. 
Yeah, and A.J. Lawson, one of those guys. Every team in the SEC has a guy. All right. It may not be great teams across the board, but you best believe every team has that dude. And A.J. Lawson is Mm -hmm. that dude for South Carolina. He's averaging over 17 a game. I think he put 22 on the Gators on the road down there. Didn't play as well against Mississippi State over the weekend. And this is an Alabama team right now having dropped two of three of its own. It's not overlooking anybody, I wouldn't think, and certainly not when you're going on the road again, the first stretch of one and two for this Alabama team since right before the start of conference play. And uh, Brent, what were your thoughts of the Missouri performance on Saturday? We've talked about it a good bit here in the last show and a half or so. And uh, obviously, I would think the the slow starts, especially on the road, they've, they've got to come to an end here pretty quickly. Yeah, they, they really do. I mean, starting early is, is just not worked. And, and again, uh, I don't know if people really realize how good Missouri is. Uh, they are, a, uh, frankly, a strong team that can knock you around if you're not careful. Tremendous comeback for the Tide. Uh, and, and frankly, uh, and again, Trav, you and I have done this long enough to know the officials are going to swallow those whistles aren't they in the last minute? Uh, you can never depend on getting a call uh, in a situation such as that. I, uh, I really wonder if Herb Jones had been healthy and that back not have been hurting him, that he would have gone up and slammed that ball at that point, which would have made a big difference. Or, frankly, could he, could he have kicked it all out? And, and I know everybody's talking about the play where he – uh, they, he seemingly got fouled, but Trav, if you remember the the previous play before that, I mean he he's got a point blank layup, yeah. uh, and it and it doesn't go in. And and I know you I know you follow this closely, but look and to me the problem they've got not so much with the three, but Trav is finishing around the basket. They can get there, but. I think what remains a mystery is how how are they missing so many point-blank shots at the rim? 11 of 23 on layups against Missouri on Saturday. Uh, And look, you do give credit. You know, it's not like you're out there against air, and some teams are going to make it more difficult than others. Missouri is one of those teams. Missouri had nine block shots in the game Saturday, just two for Alabama. So obviously – just in terms of paint presence, that's where the game was largely decided uh, when you look at points in the paint and how Missouri dominated on that side of things as well. Mississippi State is going to make it tough on you around yes. the rim. The Kentuckys of the league traditionally are going to make it tough. So you get that, but yeah, not in every instance is there a lot of interference there, and for whatever reason it becomes difficult to finish around the rim now brent let's get into some college football talk with you some big money talk as well as the sec late last week distributed those checks those big checks that those conference member schools love to receive this was for the 2019 2020 fiscal year so i'm taking that as last year yeah. Or, or uh, you know, the, the August, I guess, of 2019 through the, the, the July of 2020, uh, 657.7 million among 14 schools. That includes 637.7 million from the conference office, as well as 20 million uh, retained by the universities that participated in the 2019-2020 football bowl schedule so this isn't really to speak to this most recent football season but i think if you do some looking at the math you understand how important it was to play college football in 2020 especially after you didn't have the ncaa tournament i'll be interested to see what the numbers look like for uh uh, 2020 2021 i guess is what i'm saying here yeah, absolutely. Me too. Uh, and, and look, it's no wonder, is it, Trav, that Greg Sankey uh, really emphasized how important it was to be able to get a season in. Uh, and to their credit, they were able to do that. And, and look, we don't talk about this a lot, but you and I both know it's real. Trav, those TV partners 
were whispering in their ear how badly they wanted to get that done for that inventory. Uh, so they were able to do so. And also, I'll be curious to know, uh, Trev, you remember we had, what, about three schools that didn't play bowl games who were scheduled to be able to do that, uh, Arkansas, Tennessee. And, and listen, and, uh, I, I think it, it shows some wisdom on the league's part. And, and uh, Trav, is there any doubt how badly they wanted to get that new TV done, uh, t- TV deal done? Uh, and to their credit, they were able to do that. Yeah, they were. And another interesting stat from Brent, uh, football programs with 90-plus wins in the last 10 years. Alabama in the last 10 years, when you do the division on this, it's especially nutty. 127 wins for Alabama in the last 10 years. I mean, that's essentially 13 (laughs) wins per season, Brent. And I don't care if we are talking about a ceiling of 15 games potentially now with the college football playoff. That's – that's ridiculous. And look, Clemson right there at 121. But when you think about the leagues that these two teams are in, it, it makes Alabama's numbers even all the more mind boggling. It has been. Uh, and, and when you when you flesh out and, and uh, look at some of those other numbers, who's number two? Well, Clemson is. Who's three? Ohio State. Oklahoma four and Georgia five. Trev, uh, that, that's basically been the college football playoff. Uh, during this last, well, obviously we we had gone ten years, but the point is between the uh, between the, uh, uh, the the old deal and the new deal with the college football playoff, those are the teams involved, right? Yeah, that's pretty much your lineup. It seems like on a really consistent basis. Also, Brent wanted to get into some uh, get into some maybe way too early scenarios. For the SEC, and before we do that, we're going to mention, we saw this morning, Florida-Notre Dame now scheduled for a home-and-home, Brent, 2031-2032. It's kind of becoming depressing with some of these announcements, Brent, because i got to be honest, I'm wondering (laughs) if I'm still going to be around for some of these, you know, when we (laughs) start talking about a decade off. And could it be maybe in 10 years' time, Brent, maybe in 10 years from now, Urban Frank Meyer III is finally the head coach at Notre Dame. Maybe Dan Mullen's around still at Florida. What do you think of the coaching possibilities in 2031-2032 for these two schools? Uh, well, and uh, the uh, the rivals won't, won't like us to say this, but, Trev, would it also shock you if Nick Saban is coaching during that time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, at this point, so, you know, I, the guy's not walking away from a heater. No, no, I mean, he keeps no. piling up these number one classes. I mean, is he just going to walk away from that? That's no. where it gets hard for me to, to envision that with Nick Saban. But, uh, yeah, we've got another intriguing home-and-home. Home. It's just a yes. shame that it's yes. still a decade off with the Gators and the Irish. As far as some way too early predictions, I wanted to run by you for the 2021 SEC football season. First team all SEC quarterback as we look ahead. Is it as easy as pointing to Athens and JT Daniels? Could it be Matt Corral? Um, I guess it'll be interesting, right? Another one of these years where we wonder if the guy that's anointed in Hoover, as it's going to be now, yeah. uh, at SEC Media Days, will be the guy at the end of the year. If it is JT Daniels to start the season or Matt Corral to start the season, will it be one of those two at the end of the season? Could it be Bryce Young? Could it be Max Johnson of LSU? I, that, that's where I, I, I'm not probably going to feel all that confident in whoever I put in that first-team spot. No, it's really up for grabs right now. Uh, I do think Matt Corral – uh, will make some noise. And, and what we're seeing for Ole Miss uh, def- is the changes they're having defensively. They're bringing some guys in from the portal. Uh, they've also recruited well uh, defensively. And I give Lane credit for that, Trav, is the reality that uh, he knows where their weaknesses are. Uh, so that he's trying to get those improved uh, with that too, I mean they're they're hoping to get 
Chance Campbell from a Maryland linebacker yeah, uh, in, in there, too, which is interesting. Uh, but, but listen, what about Johnson at LSU? I mean, he he really looked good toward the end of the year. Uh, so I, I was pretty impressed with that. Uh, and, you know, uh, JT Daniels, if the offensive line is good, you think that he's got to be better um, uh, that, than he was because he should be – totally healthy uh, um, at that point too uh, and and again uh, Trev it's make it or break it for Bo Nix isn't it I, I, uh, I'm, I wouldn't pick him right now but I'm wondering with, with Brian Harson. Uh, I, I think Harson could help him frankly a whole lot better than anything that, that Gus Malzahn could well I, I think that's why Mike Bobo's there too Yes. is yes. quarterback development first and foremost. Bobo, the Bo and Bobo show, as it'll be known, <laughs> down on the plains. I, I think that's the guy that's going to have to do the most work no with Bo Nix is, is Mike Bobo. It's going to be Brian Harson's offense, and I fully expect Mike Bobo to call the plays within it. But as much as anything, getting Bo Nix to another level is going to be uh, the, the the calling card for, for Mike Bobo. Also... <laughs> Go ahead. And the thing, Trev, are you intrigued at all with what Florida might do with uh, Emory Jones and the Richardson kid? Uh, and, and, and listen, and you pointed this out a couple of years ago. Emory Jones, people may not realize this, as good as Trask was and he is, Emory, Trev, isn't Emory Jones a lot more the type of quarterback that Mullen really wants in his offense? I think he's the quarterback Mullen has always wanted. I wonder if Dan has reached the point where he's concerned about so many of these teams now being able to score sure. and being so explosive, like Alabama. You know, if, if Alabama is going to continue to do what it's done for the last three years on offense, going to Bryce Young or this next quarterback, uh, do you have the patience? Can you hang in there with more of that retro style of offense that we saw with Mullen more so at Mississippi State? If it is, then yeah, Emory Jones is absolutely a fit for what for what Mullen's been mostly about with his quarterbacks, or, or certainly incorporates a lot of with his quarterbacks far more than he did with Kyle Trask. Trask was pretty effective in short yardage and on the goal oh, yeah. line. Uh, but he wasn't going to be a 15 to 18 carry no. per game kind of guy. Speaking of carries, uh, the running back position in the Southeastern Conference. I mean, you look at the departures, starting with Najee Harris, and uh, you consider the league with, I guess, Zamir White up in, uh, over at Georgia. You've also got a stable there with James Cook. Kendall, oh, yeah. Milton, might, Kendall Milton might take that over at Georgia as right. a sophomore. Um, you got Isaiah Spiller back at Texas A&M, Jerry on Ely. Uh, Snoop Connor is an undervalued guy, in my opinion, Absolutely. at Ole Miss as well. Tank Bigsby at Auburn, John Emery, LSU's got a nice stable over there. I mean, uh, what do you think in terms of the running back position? And then, you know, Florida has been by committee for the most part, mm -hmm. Tennessee's running backs all left, I think, right? Yeah. I mean, they're they in Texas, oh, yeah. North Carolina now. And then, of course, right here in Tuscaloosa, you, what do you expect from Brian Robinson, Jace McClellan, hopefully Trey Sanders, and this group? Well, uh, look, if that, even without talking about the guys coming in uh, from this freshman class, I mean, if Sanders is healthy, uh, McClellan too, uh, that I think that's going to be a tremendous group uh, by and large. Uh, but, 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 Trav, if Tank Bigsby is healthy, and they can do anything in the passing game to open that running game up a little bit more. Uh, boy, Bigsby is uh, – Trev, if he lives up to the hype, he could certainly be the, the, the best running back Auburn's had in quite a while. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I, I'm intrigued by Ole Miss still, though, man. I yeah, think they, yes. you know, And it's yes. kind of like Matt Corral and the quarterback discussion uh, that we had just a moment ago. They they have the skill pieces coming back. Now, Kenny Yaboa is leaving at the tight end position. Um, and obviously, Elijah Moore, very prolific in his year under Lane, but, but still some dudes uh, on that offense. I, I think maybe their offensive line is going to be their biggest question mark moving forward. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, when you look at Alabama, you, you pull for Brian Robinson because he is a veteran. He's a guy who's bided his time. He's been sort of the next guy oh, yeah. up for a few Absolutely. years now. But even if Brian Robinson is a big part of the equation, they still have a need for a dynamic big play type of guy. And if that's a healthy Trey Sanders, a Jace McClellan, uh, maybe a Kamar Wheaton comes mm-hmm. in as a true freshman mm-hmm. and gives you that, uh, they are going to have some options. I mean, they could have as many as seven scholarship backs in here um, in August. So uh, that's, that's a lot of guys. And uh, even at a place that makes very good use of the running back position, uh, Brent, as we wind down here, uh, the East and the Western divisions, you know, after the dust settled and everything, mm-hmm. it felt more like the East took a step back than the step forward that we were anticipating the division as a whole. And then the way in which it ended for the division champ in Florida, uh, it was more promising for Georgia, more optimism as a result of that for Georgia moving forward. But, um, uh, is it, is it back to, our perception being, well, it's Georgia and everybody else in the East after we were starting to think maybe there was, uh, you know, a, a, a condensing in terms of the gaps between these teams over there. Oh, I think uh, that Georgia will get the nod because of Daniels. Uh, and look, he uh, I mean, the truth of the matter is, if you put it all together, uh, the Florida quarterbacks may have as just about as much experience on the field as Daniels does. But if he can improve like we think he can. Uh, but, but look, I still think Georgia will be quite salty. Uh, and by the way, Dan Lanning got rewarded to say the least, didn't he, Trav? That's a couple uh, of times in the last few years for him. Uh, absolutely. And they know that schools are coming after Lanning, uh, to his credit, mentioned with that Texas job. Uh, so they've certainly rewarded him uh, on that one, too. So uh, and, and, and Georgia, I think, will be fine defensively. So I, I, I will give them the early nod uh, over Florida. I'm not sure Gator fans will appreciate me saying that down here uh, right now, but they they were quite disappointed uh, with that with that bowl game situation. But they've got a, uh, a a good amount of talent coming back. They're not happy with Todd Grantham coming back. I can tell you that. Uh, but but I tell you, but to me the the interesting situation will be who's going to be the third team in that East. Uh, I might go Missouri there. I, I think I would too. I agree yeah. with that. Uh, I like I like the coach and I like the coach quarterback tethering there right now better than I like anything else probably in the SEC East, Brent. Uh, And and listen, uh, uh, and this should be said too, uh, Trev. How much is Missouri going to miss Larry Roundtree, uh, uh, who look is not one of your more heralded backs? Uh, in the SEC, well, we both know uh, that Roundtree could put 100 yards on just about anybody he played. Yeah, he was definitely the uh, the sort the sort of uh, the sort of thunder in that equation yes. over there. No doubt about it. Had that classic sort of size at five ten, two hundred ten pounds. But I'm assuming Tyler Beatty is coming back and. Yeah. That dude is explosive. So is. if they get Beatty back to go along with the, the promising quarterback situation they have and what Trinkwitz is able to do on that side of the ball as sort of the the overseer of it all, uh, they could be – you're right. I agree. I think they could they could jump into that number three spot because it's a mess right now at Tennessee, South Carolina, it is. Vanderbilt, Kentucky – you know, they've got to figure out some things at quarterback and offensively in general. I know they've had some staff upheaval moving on from Eddie Grant on that side of the ball uh, in Lexington, but a lot of questions. Now in the West, uh, you've got some quarterback storylines, obviously Matt Corral back at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you look at the perceived top three teams in that division, we figure it'll be Alabama, Texas A&M, LSU. Uh, you, you've got some some new situations here at quarterback. Although Max Johnson again really got some beneficial experience down the stretch, road win at Florida, and memorable win over Ole Miss to kind of finish that season. But 
the Bryce Young era at Alabama expected to get underway. Uh, Texas A&M finally, finally moving on there at its quarterback position. What what do you see the shakeout there right now, Brent? Well, I still think Bama's is the top of the division, and and they deserve that. But I tell you what, uh, Trav A&M. Uh, and, and there's going to be a lot of pressure on Jimbo, and obviously Kellen Mond will be gone, but uh, I, I think he's happy with the quarterback. Uh, and, and listen, what makes them so dangerous this year, Trav, it's two things. One is they're going to be really good on that uh, on that defensive line, right? Uh, he has he recruited well uh, it, with some real run stuffers and guys who can get, get after the passer, and the other thing, people may not realize this, but Trav, their their toughest games for A and M are at home, uh, yeah. including Alabama. So that that's a that's a real advantage for them. And and, and listen, I'm going to say this next one is a precautionary tale here, but uh, LSU's got the talent to be three, uh, but I, I'm I'm still saying that great unknown is that cloud over that program. And you saw this this week, like I did with this investigation going on in title nine. And listen, they've got, they've got people investigating them right now where this is serious business. Yeah. Uh, When, when the authorities investigate you on how you investigate things internally, it's, uh, it's probably not a good thing. Yeah. We've talked about that a lot. Yeah, and, and I'm guessing, Trav, uh, when they ask questions in that situation, they already know the answers, don't yes, they? Yes, that's that's what I learned from a wise man many years ago. Uh, when the federalities uh, ask you a question, they already know the answer. You know? <laughs> but but you know, when the big when the big black SUVs pull up, yeah, they are yeah. they already know the answers. So and, yeah. and you know, and finally, is if Trav, if Owen that staff. If they're jettisoned out of there before the season begins, who knows what kind of effect that can have on them. Yeah, no doubt. And you talked about A&M and the quarterback situation there. We did see Haynes King here as a true freshman mm-hmm. in the blowout loss the Aggies incurred against Alabama back in early October. So I'm presuming, assuming, I guess, that he's next up there for Jimbo in College Station. As always, Brent, appreciate the time. Always great stuff. Always enjoy having Brent Beard on the program. Thanks, my man. Always, brother. Take care. If you haven't already, give Brent a follow on Twitter, at Brent Beard, B-E-A-I-R-D. Back with more of a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after the patience. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. There is a house in New Orleans. They call the rising sun. Born on this day in nineteen forty three in Newark, New Jersey. The one, the only, Joseph Frank Petschy. How about that filmography, huh? Now, for me, Petschy, it's all about mostly Raging Bull, Goodfellas, and Casino. But a lot of folks, man, Home Alone. Big ups in that one. My Cousin Vinny. Big part of that one. So uh, the spectrum is pretty wide for Joe Petschy. 78 years old today. I bet Joe enjoys National Pizza Day. What do you think? I'm guessing he does. Hailing from Newark, New Jersey. The mean streets of Newark, New Jersey. Uh, you know, it kind of brings to mind, too, with the National Pizza Day. It seems like more and more, I don't know, Jacob Harrison can probably help me with this. He informed me today that tomato, just like pineapple, is the same thing on a pizza. 
I'm, I'm still struggling to get my head around that, but I'm sorry. That's what, that's what he told me. That's what I was told. Um, pizza and wings, Jacob, it seems like more and more there are conjoined almost, right? So if you had to choose between pizza or wings, you had to make a choice there. Which one are you going with on national pizza day of all things? That's kind of that's that's tough, man. <laughs> because as I agree, the the whole pizza and wings thing it, it goes pretty well together. They were smart. Those folks were smart, weren't they? Yeah. Putting them together like that—a good marriage. Uh, good that, union. You know, that's why they make six figures a year. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, National Pizza Day. I'll go with the pizza, but probably other, the other 364 days of the year, I'm I'm going wings. You know where it where it gets tough for me, or where it gets easier, I guess, in making a call is that. I've actually had bad wings from places. You know what I mean? It's kind of hard to find bad pizza, isn't it? I mean, just really inedible pizza, I guess is what I'm saying. You know, wings, you can mess up wings. You can mess up wings starting with the wings that you buy. You know, some of the places, some of the restaurants, even here in Tuscaloosa, are those really chicken wings? They're not large enough to be, you know, hummingbird wings, I don't think. But they're, they're passed off as chicken wings. So the quality of the wing, just to start with, can be a problem in some instances. I just think you have more success in terms of consistency of at least decent pizza. Would you agree with that, Jacob? Well, apparently, he does. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a conversation. That's all we're doing here is trying to decipher between the popularity of pizza and wings. I just think it's harder to find bad pizza. You can run across bad wings a little more easily than you can uh, than bad pizza. Well, I think it depends on you know how, how you feel about certain chains. There's definitely some places where you know to, to avoid based off of reputation, but I do agree. It, it's, it's, a, it's a lot harder to find bad pizza. Well, just look at the pizza chains that now run wings with it, with their pizza, right? If you get the pizza and the wings, I'm going to say nine times out of ten, you're going to think, man, this pizza is a lot better than these wings from this national chain. Anyway. Usually, yeah. Yeah. In, in my experience. <laughs> 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. Once again, we appreciate Brent Beard joining us here on the program, getting you ready for some college basketball tonight over in Columbia. South Carolina, and taking a peek ahead, you know, you had that Alabama Pro Day, our guy, Bama Online alum and a great neighbor in Chase Goodbread, uh, had it on Twitter yesterday, the the uh, Alabama Pro Day coming up. It's been scheduled, according to Chase, for March the 23rd. So that's when you get the sense that the the spring football is – either ramping up or you're already kind of in the midst of it because you're already seeing some spring game dates for, I believe it's April the 17th, that mid-April sweet spot that you typically have for spring football games. You're seeing some of those come about. Uh, and if that is the case, and if there is going to be maybe an extension granted in terms of the window to get in the 15 allotted practices, I would think in a lot of years, Alabama has started spring practice uh, in earlier March. Uh, kind of have that first practice on a Friday and then let the boys go do spring break and then bring them back after spring break and finish up, finish the stretch. Not exactly sure of uh, spring break dates for Alabama. Feels like... Uh, I think to some of the students and people involved probably has felt like spring break in some way, some form or fashion since spring break last year. That was essentially when the pandemic hit, right? It was right there at spring break in 2020. So uh, we'll see how that works out as far as spring football goes. Going to step aside to our final break. When we come back, we'll put a wrap on a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. The president. Very mild afternoon, a mixture of clouds and sunshine. The high today at 71. 
for tonight, becoming mostly cloudy, the low at 47. Tomorrow, a mostly cloudy day, potential for a few scattered rain showers. We stay mild, the high at 70. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. University of Alabama was scheduled for March 12th through the 19th. Now, I see on the academic calendar for UA a study break on March the 15th. That's a Monday. So uh, maybe a mini break there for Alabama. Instead of the traditional spring break in 2021, perhaps that's the route that UA is taking. Uh, So there you go. No spring break this time around. Uh, some other things we wanted to get into in the world of sports uh, right here locally. Pretty big news, right? Tuscaloosa County High hiring away Adam Weingarten from Auburn High School. Jacob Harrison, our resident, resident high school football expert. That's a big hit, Jacob Harrison. We're talking about a guy who coached Auburn to that memorable or forgettable I guess, depending on which side of the stadium you were on that night at Bryant-Denny Stadium. 7A final between Auburn and Thompson High School. Regardless, right, this is a big-time pickup for Tuscaloosa County, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You're talking about a guy that that was uh, coaching a a 7A uh, state champion. You know, obviously should have been a state champion, but but at least a contender at the very least. And with with Tuscaloosa County, it's, it's... been rough because they're in such a, a difficult region. They got Thompson and Hoover, all these, uh, all these incredible schools. Uh, you know, this this might be the thing that can help them turn around. Just an absolutely brutal region for Tuscaloosa County. The region of death is the only way I know to describe it. Region three and seven A in Alabama. What do you got over there? Hoover, Thompson, Spain Park, Trustful. Ah, jeez. But you like the commitment from Tuscaloosa County High School. That's a big hire in Adam Weingarten, no doubt about it. Do you also see Super Bowl uh, television viewership was down? But the streaming was up. That's what you need to pay attention to. A lot of people are going to talk about, oh, well, people just not interested in the NFL, not interested in the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, that second half, how many people were going to hang in there for that? But you had uh, viewership. At 91.7 million television viewers, but you had the uh, the live streaming was nearly 6 million in video streams. So it's kind of continuing to trend that way. That's not going to stop anytime soon. Told you yesterday, I watched the game both ways. I watched it on television from an airport bar in Atlanta, Georgia, Daddy, and then plugged into the stream while traveling. So it was incredibly accessible. Going to be more and more that way, too. Hey, let's get with Pat here as we wind down a Tuesday edition of the program. Pat, what do you got for us? Hey, Travis. Uh, wanted to talk a little bit about, is there any legs with the Deshae Townsend to Alabama uh, to coach our D-backs? That, uh, Deshae had quite a career uh, in the NFL, and he was a little bit slow getting started, but once he got started, it turned out to be a very, very good uh, and has coached some very, very good D-backs. Yeah, that's a that's a name that instantly comes to mind with Carl Scott moving on to the NFL. Uh, as you said, Deshae, just a great player at Alabama on those mid-'90s teams, mostly under, I guess, uh, Gene Stallings. You know, it, it would be sensible uh, for sure. Again, when you just connect dots, I don't know what Deshae's background as a recruiter is. I'm assuming it's – it's good. I know he has worked in the Southeastern Conference, I guess most recently over at Mississippi State under Dan Mullen. Uh, so definitely a 
a sensible name to keep an eye on and to shake well, hands. I, that, that, I being think said, that being that being said, being young, that he could yeah. relate very well to players. Sure. How well he relates to mom and dad, it might yeah. be a different story. Yeah. Well, and with Nick Saban, nostalgia doesn't matter. You know, where we like to think of former players for roles and positions. And look, there are some in those roles at Alabama right now. That's not to say that Nick Saban has not hired those kind of guys in the past. But I'm just, I'm just, my point is, with this type of position, as much as anything, Nick Saban needs to know he's getting, if not an elite recruiter right now, a an guy who has teacher. the uh, well, an elite, no, a teacher, yeah, but he wants a recruiter. And I'm I'm sure if you put Deshay in that spot with his experience, as you outlined for us, and, you know, given where the program is right now, uh, you know, if, if, if some of these guys that have moved on had great success recruiting for Alabama, I would think Deshay would be capable of doing the same. We'll see. Gotcha. All right, I just I, I just saw where that name had popped up, and uh, yep, it, it it sounded like a good one to me. Uh, oh because yeah, because I, I remember how how well he played here, and uh, I, well, just because you can play well doesn't mean you can teach well, though. Yeah, I, I think you know I would think Deshae would be fine with the teaching part again. Uh, recruiting breaks all ties for Nick Saban, and yeah. um, you know that's that's what I'm sure it will likely come down to once again. Yeah. Hey, Pat, well, do, we you think, the call. do you think that he's going to look more at a uh, coach being able to uh, have uh, ties to uh, the Texas uh, area? That would not uh, te- hurt. Te- Texas, Oklahoma is a hotbed of recruiting. No doubt. That would not hurt. And a guy like Doug Belk, who is over at the University of Houston right now, worked previously as a grad assistant directly under Nick Saban five or six years ago. He might be a name to keep an eye and ear open for as well. Gotcha. All right. I appreciate you. Thank you for taking my Thanks, call. Thanks, Pat. Have a good no problem, man. afternoon. Okay? You do the same, my friend. Thanks, Pat. That's going to do it for a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Thanks, as always, to Jacob Harrison. Trying to keep the show between the ditches. It's tough, man. That's why we go through the producers like we do here, I think. I think we run them off. I think it's the equivalent of, like, Junction Boys trying to work this show, you know? But Jacob does a great job, and uh, the lunch whistle today, it's National Pizza Day. What else is going to be the lunch whistle than other than Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa, Government Plaza. It is a Tuesday. That means Thai Chicken Pizzas starting at 6 o'clock. The personal favorite goes for just 7 bucks. National Pizza Day, Heat Pizza Bar. Can't think of a better pairing than that. Till 11 a.m. on Wednesday. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody.